0: Hello, Bohemes. Welcome to another episode of the Supreme Boheme Podcast, where we embody a supreme energy while maintaining a bohemian lifestyle. My name is Mallory. And I'm Taysian. What you want to say? (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: yeah, thank you guys for um, tuning in to our sixth episode after our mid-season break. Thank you so much for being mm-hmm. with us still and for listening to episodes one through five, of course. Um, Happy Juneteenth. Happy, happy Juneteenth. Juneteenth.
0: Happy Pride Month as well.
1: Absolutely. I mm-hmm. hope you guys are celebrating and focusing on the positives instead of the negatives because there's enough negatives to focus on all year. So happy Juneteenth and happy Pride Month. And um, if you all want to, let us know how you celebrate each of them throughout this month.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely.
1: So, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into the um, get to know you question. So the first one is, would you consider adopting
0: a child, Mallory? Um. Yes, I would consider it. Yes. Okay. I don't know if I would go forward with it, but I definitely would consider it um because i know that when i was younger and i lived with my parents and stuff they considered they wanted us to have a brother like real real bad mm-hmm. like a brother cuz my sister and i we're like almost 3 years apart so they wanted like a brother that's in between us or maybe someone maybe one or 2 years older than me yeah and i felt like that would have been a really good placement to have another sibling. Um mm-hmm. and I always wanted a brother, so I would definitely do that. So with you,
1: what would the conditions have to be in order for you to like consider doing it?
0: Um honestly, I would want to adopt uh when they're really young.
1: I would okay. adopt
0: the infant. Um anything between any age between an infant and I would say about ten. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. For you,
1: um, like in addition to like that, is it like a certain situation where you would adopt? Like your your parent situation was um, them wanting a boy before before you, right? Right. right.
0: And yeah. What
1: What would it be for you? Like, would it have to be like? Um, maybe you want a, a a certain gender or like what would it be for you to actually consider adopting? Because I know you don't. You want to have like natural birth, um, natural born
0: kids too, Absolutely, right? I do. But I understand that even though that's something I want, there could potentially be complications with that because I don't know if I'm gonna necessarily have kids in like a year or two, mm-hmm. and I could see myself having like. I can see myself being pregnant at, at thirty-eight. Like I can mm-hmm. see that happening. So, um, and of course, you know, the older you are as a woman, you may have potent more potential, um, fatalities. So, that will probably be my only reason. Honestly. Okay. I really okay. want to have. I really want to give birth. I really want to give life. So that will okay. be my only condition. But what about you? What What are yours like?
1: For me, I would definitely consider adopting because I don't really want my own children. I, I don't really want children in general, mm-hmm. but the only way I would consider adopting is if, like, um, which is hopefully, this is going to be the case where I have money and I want to, um, like... I have money and security within myself and I want to not be alone. I would have to probably be... It'll have to be something like that. And okay. I would actually adopt like a teenager. Okay. Yeah, I wanna... I would rather adopt a teenager because they're... I think I do better with um older kids, like mm-hmm. older kids because, you know, little kids, sometimes I don't... Even though I talk to little kids, sometimes... <laughs> I mean, I'm done so I don't have the patience for that anymore. But yeah,
0: you teach with, mad long. Yeah,
1: but with like older kids, I feel like it would be somewhat like of a mentoring um kind of like relationship where mm-hmm. I'm very um seasoned and I understand like just giving them the opportunities because a lot of them don't get adopted as yeah. much. Once they hit a certain age, they, they stay in the system. True. So for me it would be perfect. I would adopt definitely like a, a girl, a teenage girl. And um yeah, I would do it that way. I, I actually talked about I actually consider that if like, that's something I want to do once I'm older and I feel like I need children.
0: Okay. Yeah. Do you think, like, so what would be your qualifications outside of the age group? Would you want to adopt, like, a at-risk youth or, like? Probably so. Okay. Probably
1: cool. so, yeah. Um, just someone that needs somebody, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, they really need some guidance. And I know it will be tough. It's, it's challenges in all ages and yeah. uh, all kinds of kids but I feel like at that age I, I can impart so much wisdom and help them so much more um, than I would be able to like um, a younger child because if I'm older I'm not really trying to um, do as much like parenting mm-hmm. as far as like you know the waking up and the the um the baby the bottles and all that type I'm not trying to do that but I'm more so just trying to Guide, so guide. I feel like that would okay. be better for me in that situation. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So our second question is: What opportunity do you wish you would have taken?
0: I think that I wish I would have t- took the opportunity of um, it was this job that my cousin really wanted to put me on, um, as far as my uh, degree, which is international studies. And it took place in Atlanta. It was like an analyst position, mm-hmm. and I wish I took advantage of that at twenty three after school um because I don't know when you of course you could take advantage of things now. There's no question about that, but there is something unique about when you first graduate from college and you have that feeling of just conquering the world mm-hmm. um it's very fresh, it's very new, and I just wish I took advantage of that. I also wish that I took advantage of just more more study abroad, teaching overseas opportunities, maybe you know, move around different continents within like a couple years. Mm-hmm. I definitely wish I took advantage of that because I'm really a worldly person, and I love just the international aspect of the world, from news to learning about different cultures. That's the reason why I got the degree that I have. So mm-hmm. I definitely wish I took advantage of those. Definitely.
1: Where, like When you were in school, were there mm-hmm. like those type of opportunities available
0: to you? Yes. And I did not apply myself as much as I should have. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I did it in high school. Um, I was a part of the people to people program in high mm-hmm. school. And I spent three weeks in about seven different cities um, in China. Mm. so that was honestly that's what motivated me to go to school to get the degree that I wanted because I was already coming in with that type of um background oh wow on top of traveling with my family and stuff like as a teenager so right. I was really put on to like study abroad and just the experiences of being in another country at a very early age I just wish I applied myself better, you know, within my 20s. It's never too late, of course, you yeah. know that. But definitely that's something I wish I did. Right.
1: Okay. For me, I wish um, around um, my freshman year, um, I changed my major from music ed, music education. Because I was a bit, it was it was too much music going on. And <laughs> music was more so my escape. So I wanted to change my major. I wish I would have took more time to think about what exactly I changed it to and -hmm. not kind of stifle myself into education because I knew I was going to have a job straight out of straight out of college. So I wish I would have like done something different. I'm not sure what the major would have been, but I wish I kind of would have just went completely in a different direction. Because, I mean, obviously, I'm thankful for my experiences. My experiences of course. have gotten me to where I am today with my previous career. But um, I just feel like if I would have done something else, I wouldn't have been, like, completely starting over now. But, you know, you never know. But that's something you I wish know. I would have done um, when I was in my freshman year.
0: Yeah, I definitely understand that. I do think that there's a pressure attached to being 18 fresh out of high school and going straight to college because it's like you're asked to do something at that time period it's not so much the conversation now but at that time period what are you going to do with your life yeah that can be a lot of pressure for anyone but especially in between the ages of 18 and 23 Mm because i was in school for five years so i think that when by the time you hit late 20s early 30s you start to look and like dang maybe I should have did this instead of that and that's understandable because we're fresh out of high school making
1: Mm-hmm. exactly so, and a lot of times you really don't know who you are yet. at all like for real and I feel I wish like the five years was kind of mandatory and the first year would just be completely like there could be two tracks where Mm-hmm. If you know what you want to do, you can go into that major, and then the, but you have the option of just exploring multiple classes and multiple majors, and it's still counting towards your like GPA and all GPA, that. Right. Like I really wish it was that because if I would have had those different experiences, I probably would have found out that I loved design at that younger at a younger age, and not found out like closer to my thirties that I mm-hmm. loved interior design. So I think that's something. Hopefully in the future that colleges will consider
0: or considered instead of standardized tests and heavily weighing uh, a child's worth based on that, start taking, start trying to create um, purposeful like self exams. So, you may not have the exact answer of what you want to do, but you have an idea. And I think yeah. I never really, I'm, I'm going to just keep it real. I never really had an idea of what I wanted to do. I just knew I just wanted to be successful in life and I work hard. That's all right, I know. Right. Like I didn't know, I I commend people who knew at young ages what they wanted to do and they're, they're doing it now and they're killing it and they're doing the damn thing. But that really wasn't my reality. I'm too... I'm too vast for that. Like, sometimes I feel like. hmm
1: I get that. Because <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> I feel like I kind of box myself in, but I yeah. have so many different interests. Mm-hmm. And growing up, I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be a literal painter. I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do all kinds of stuff. But I didn't know, like, what is it that you really want to do? What's your purpose? So I yeah. guess that's the path I'm on now. Yeah.
0: You and me both. You <laughs> and me both. Um, But we're going to move on to the next segment, the What Would a Boheme Do? So Legend the Poet states, you cannot see your reflection in boiling water. Similarly, you cannot see the truth in a state of anger. When the water comes, clarity comes. How you feel about that?
1: I agree because um, I... uh, and still at times used to have a really bad temper, like lashing out, lethal freaking mouth, like um, just getting into it with people and not thinking and getting angry. Like I remember one time I got into a fight and I was so mad I blacked out and I don't even remember the fight. Like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's happened to me in eighth out grade. In a fight? <laughs> oh girl, I was in eighth grade
0: too. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, know, that are a spicy time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, sometimes you get so mad you can black out or you can um, you don't like you really don't even you don't you're not yourself. You become someone else. I know I do. And mm-hmm. afterwards, I feel so embarrassed and ashamed of myself for like how I acted. And then you got to go and do damage control because mm-hmm. you don't hurt somebody's feelings. Or just um, disrespect to yourself. Damage control yes. yourself is the hardest. <laughs> so I do feel like, yes, anger has a place. Like, um, sometimes it's good to get angry because it lets you know that you're passionate about something. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you have to kind of challenge, channel it in
0: a, in a more productive way as,
1: as much as you can.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, I feel like, for me, when I'm angry, I'm definitely getting to a point in my life when I'm angry and I lash out. I actually feel really, really bad. Like, I didn't always have that. I will always be like, well, you know what? I was mad. It is what it is. But now I actually feel bad. Like, mm-hmm. right after. It's not even like... I used to feel bad, but it, it might take like a couple hours or a couple of days. But... I feel it right after. So what mm-hmm. I do is when I'm angry, I just I try to find because I'm not someone and I'm learning this about myself. I'm not someone that I could just keep quiet or be like, you know what, it's all good. Brush it off. I can still address things, but I don't have to be super angry or turned up or you know, I can't say using my hands from using my hands right now while I speak, but <laughs> doing all the clapping and all the all the extra um, type of like mannerisms and body language. I don't necessarily do that, have to do that. I can let my anger simmer, but make sure that that's something that I still address. And that's something that's like really big with me. Um So I could I completely agree with this post like I definitely do. Um, because when you're angry think about it even when people you know there's people who are currently in prison now who Mm. blacked out one Mm -hmm. moment they blacked out they end up killing someone or whatever happened and it's like they have to live with that for the rest of their life you know they if they if only they took a step back and breathed and and did with and, and then address it later or you have a choice to not address it at all i mean they they wouldn't even be in prison right now like i That's think about true. stuff all the time how your anger how anger can be so lethal lethal if you consume too much of it that you can like fuck your life up yeah and that really sticks with me especially the older i get that
1: reminds me, girl, of literally what happened well, something that happened to me um on Saturday, Juneteenth. Oh. So we was out celebrating and um we were at a bar and um downtown there's a bar, it has two different sides. Mm-hmm. And so it's two different um bar sections that you can buy from. So we were kinda hopping in between, but you know, you can choose when you get drinks to um to get a tab or cash out so if i'm leaving one i'll cash out and then maybe we went to another bar and then we came back so eventually i went back to the same bar that i was at on the Mm -hmm. other side and got some drinks and or got a drink and then this little ugly old man tried to um, buy my drinks right and (laughs) i just (laughs) rather you not because i don't want to talk to you so i told the bartender um i said um, no, I'm I'm buying my here's my car, you know, um hold my my tab, mm-hmm. And she understood that and she eventually right after that came over to me. She was she's trying to say something to me, but I couldn't hear her and she walked off. So I was like, Okay, it's nothing she didn't like continue to pursue me. Right. So um so closing eventually the um bar is about to close down and I'm going to cash out. And so I'm telling the lady, um like girl, you know, here's um, I'm coming to cash out, and then she um, she starts saying, "No, you don't. Your card's not here. You know, um, here's your original tab, and you already cashed out." I said that was from before, so I had to explain her the story, girl, three times because she kept trying to spew me down. And it was what a quiet, is she disputing girl. though? She was basically saying that I didn't have an open tab here because I because I closed out a tab previously before. But you remember I was telling you that it was a bar. I, we would go back and forth because right. you go so I've already been there before but I came back so right. that tab she was talking about was already closed from
0: my it closed previous from when you were previously
1: there yeah so mm-hmm. I had opened the tab tablet in the most recent time I was there so girl and you literally I literally told you <laughs> to keep my tab open because that meant, I, mean, I told you that I was paying for it because he was trying to pay for it right and I told you that and then you walked over to me the third time I explained it to her, I explained to her the part where you walked over to me. Mm-hmm. And I was getting so hot because it was Juneteenth, this white girl not knowing how to keep up with her dog on bartending um stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was really trying to, like, I ain't gonna front like white girl me, white explain me. No, you you didn't you didn't leave that there. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, girl, don't fight with me. So but, what did what was she saying? You can't pay? Like, she was basically saying she, my car, she had my car. And she was basically saying, like, I don't have your car. I, don't think I yes you do not I I, yeah, I didn't explain <laughs> it, but she had my car and I knew she had my car. She oh, tried to make heavens. it seem like I was. I wasn't aware of where my car was or what was going on because I was drinking. Oh, because she seen me um at the bar already. But girl, I always know where my car is. I don't play those type of games. I don't lose that. Right. (laughs) So she tried to spew me down. It took me three times. So as it's taking me three times, my sister watching me, I'm getting real heated. However, I'm keeping my composure because it's Mm -hmm. like I don't, I don't want them to have to call nobody. I don't want to get out of hand and it really could have got out of hand, but luckily I kept my composure, and then as soon as she was like, oh, I remember, oh, yeah, because I told her about, she walked over to Mm -hmm. me. Then she gave me my card, and then they go into the apologize, and I'm like, I just walked off, girl, because I was going to cut somebody out. (laughs) Yeah, that's not, that's understandable,
0: because it's like, well, if you don't have my card, then where the hell is my card?
1: Exactly, and I know where my
0: card is, girl, don't play with me. Yeah,
1: because I know it, it ain't with me exactly and then the guy told me he put it in he put my card. it was a random dude that was mm-hmm. working in there he put my card in a specific place well if you're a bartender you know to tell the person who was taking care of that tab that, where where that card is like yeah. you don't play around with people money at all so that was a situation that could have went left but i'm just glad i kind of could see through it so i can explain to the girl so I can actually get my car because if I would have got hot before that I probably wouldn't, wouldn't have got my car. Right? They probably right, would have right. probably tried to usher me out or whatever it is but that was one of Not those Not usher me out. Usher me out girl. <laughs> See I'm
0: a, I'm a visual person so automatically <laughs> like, you're telling me this story I'm watching it like yeah and that's how it was. <laughs> yeah, But yeah mm-hmm.
1: y'all um, mm-hmm. that anger ain't no joke you gotta keep a hold of it. But going into our next uh, segment is the Inner Supreme. And Mm -hmm. if you guys are new listeners, the Inner Supreme is like where we take a deep dive into issues and topics and discuss how we relate to them and kind of like, I guess, get a a deeper understanding of these Mm -hmm. specific social issues and how they affect us. And in order to kind of be at your highest self like to approach things with the best uh-oh hold on you guys
0: all right <laughs> <laughs> to
1: approach stuff with the best um i guess mindset
0: yeah so
1: this week we're talking about green lighting abuse in relationships and what that means is basically enabling and giving people the green light to abuse you Was that thunder
0: oh yeah that's me (laughs) y'all it's thundering it's lightning here so y'all gonna hear some torrential downpours and it's all (laughs) over the apartment can't escape it
1: okay yeah because it's on windy over here too Mm -hmm. but yeah y'all green lighting abuse and relationships and first we're going to talk about how in familiar familial and family relationships we green light or allow abuse to happen so you, you want to go first Mallory, or you want me to go first? Cause it don't um,
0: matter. Yeah, I, I guess I can go first. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think of in the green lighting abuse in relationships, I think about just the, um, the child dynamic. Um, a lot of times, especially in the black household coming up, um, a child doesn't really have a voice. Right, um, and when it's a voice that questions instead of being patient, um, as you would a friend or a coworker or a colleague, a lot of times uh, I know in my family it resulted in enough frustration for the parent, the aunt, the <laughs> the mm-hmm. uh, dad, you know, to turn up in in a way of putting their hands on a child and. Clearly not the only person that has experienced that in my life, um, but now we're definitely at a point, especially as we are now getting old, older and having children, that that method of parenting or that method of watching nieces and nephews are being passed down because that's the way of quote unquote structure on quote unquote discipline mm-hmm. and. The reality is this, if you are not willing to smack your boss because you're mad, smack your <laughs> smack your husband because you're mad or smack your mother because you're mad, you need to have the same type of love and respect for a child, especially mm-hmm. a child that you bring into the world. A lot of times children simply don't know. They're only small Young human beings who've only been in the world for a very short time period, and I think that I was I didn't always think like this. I always, I know when I was a teenager and even up to my early mid twenties, I'm like I see a kid acting up, oh they need a behind look. I can't lie, that was my that was my thought process. But as I'm starting to open the idea of having children of my own and what that looks like. I don't feel like there's a need for that. Mm-hmm. But the problem is within our community specifically, we green light that type of behavior as rational. Exactly. Exactly.
1: I don't think we even give uh way for other options or no. other methods of parenting. It's mm-hmm. like a really lazy approach to parenting. Um, you you know, sometimes these videos of people parenting their children go viral and they record it and i feel like sometimes it's teachable moments but sometimes it's really disgusting
0: it's disgusting
1: yeah but and spe- like sometimes like when they'll explain how they're disciplining their child without hitting them i really like those videos because mm-hmm. it causes it it forces you as a parent to be strategic in how you um in how you create discipline and structure and I feel like so long we have never we've never even recognized that as being an option no. um coming from even not even in just slavery because when I was um teaching in Ghana um volunteering, it was the same thing like the kids wow. would get um hit in class with switches and stuff like that, and you know it took it was to the point where some volunteers. Well, when some volunteers were present, the teachers couldn't do their normal disciplining routine because it would, you know, kind of um, affect those volunteers who weren't used to seeing that because it is an obtuse thing.
0: When it you is. really
1: think about it, it's really like out of the norm for l- older adults that are taller, mm. that are stronger to be hitting kids and not just a little peps. We're talking about like literal where kids are crying and mm-hmm. you know they can get bruises and cuts and scrapes so like when you think about it if you love your child you really don't want to see them hurt like you don't there's, there's this thing in our community where after after we get a beaten, our parents will start feeling bad and mm-hmm. then they'll come in our room and say you want you ready to eat or you want <laughs> yep, yep. you uh you want mcdonald's yeah they won't apologize to us that's their no. form of kind of um breaking the ice and letting you know that they still care about you but if you're feeling if you're feeling that immediate like um, what's the word Um, guilt Mm -hmm. then you know you did something wrong (laughs) like chasing people I used to get chased down with the belt my my uncle used to line us up from um, oldest to youngest and beat us in order that's definitely like slave mentality beat us in order and the youngest got the worst beating the youngest and you're talking about when we were like five even we've been doing that for so long my Mm-mm. grandpa done hit me with a two by four for saying the word "tail." it's just out of order
0: yeah that and is completely out of order yeah
1: so it's like things like that we have to really understand that it is abuse and we can't do it
0: i definitely also want to add a different um not different I wanted to add my experience with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the belt, I've had the belt pretty much with my dad. Um, but my mom, she would like dead ass try to fight me like somebody off the street. Wow. And that is an active form of abuse that also needs to get to the discussed as well. Because I think a lot of times parents don't check their rage enough. And they automatically feel, they, they get so frustrated with the situation, they they black out. And instead of beating, I mean, beating with a belt is not good at all. But to actively try to punch your child, <laughs> you know what I'm That's saying? That's crazy. That is nuts. That is nuts. And I grew up, and I still am a... Um, h s p to the core highly sensitive person, so that was a lot of trauma. There's also a lot of verbal trauma yes, that we also that. Green light, um especially for young black girls. Um, my body took like shape as far as puberty and my body developing. I would say around fourteen years old, and I was chastised a lot by my family about what I could wear. Could I go outside or not? I was very much in a box, like a huge, mm. huge box, and even when it comes to the derogatory words i'm gonna be on I'm honest enough to say that, like I wasn't called a bitch by a boy or a man for the first time. It was my mom, That's so cool. these type of things. Are real. These type of things happen, and it goes beyond using a belt or using a, a switch um, or anything like that. Some some of these things are even verbal um, altercations that really hit even the hardest. And I don't even understand the point of hitting with a belt or 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 beating actively beating someone because every parent can admit. That at some point their child, the the whoopings don't work anymore. So exactly. it, that mean it never really worked. You were just right. frustrated as hell.
1: Exactly. Um, we don't we don't talk enough about parenting and how how we mm-hmm. should parent. We I just feel like people become parents and they automatically in our community think that they know it all. You can't tell nobody nothing about their child about how to discipline their child. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing in our in our community and also. Black um, families and I remember my mom used to say, um, "What happens in this house stays in house. Don't tell my business to nobody." And that's another oh, like Jesus. a big a big way that um, not only can phys- um, physical and verbal abuse happen, but sexual assault and molestation mm-hmm. can happen. Like we all know somebody in our family that touched somebody that was younger in our family. Mm-hmm. We all know it, and that's disgusting. It's a shame that we just green light it. We allow it to happen. A lot of times mothers and fathers are told about stuff that is happening to their child from most of the time a family member. It's hardly, not saying hardly, but it's more so family members than a random person. Family members or family friends, for the Mm -hmm. most part, it's who usually um, abuse, sexually assault uh, young girls and boys. Yeah, And when a lot of times when the parents are told they take the side of the adult which should never happen cuz kids should be protected at all times and i don't care if that's your brother or that's your um cousin or right. that's your aunt or whatever like that that family that family member needs to have the consequences that they should have from molesting a child period it, you've already broken the familial contract once you touch someone's child once you touch a child period yes so it's just like, we we don't, we'll talk about it and we'll say how it's bad, but we don't really talk about it. We talk about it from a victim standpoint, but what about the actual uh, mm-hmm. predators? They know are the ones who need to be discussed. We all oftentimes are like reactive to how can we help victims heal their trauma, but how can we prevent predators from happening in our families by yes. keeping it open and allowing kids to have an open forum and giving consequences to people who...
0: Break that familial project or,
1: or who abuse children Period
0: Yes Absolutely I definitely agree with that um, I also feel that We need to really Take a look at ourselves In the community When we have the mindset Or thought process of Oh well this happened to me So this could happen to y'all Right Because all it does is It creates a cycle Of constant Abuse Secrets And it just cycles over and over again to one generation to the next. And yep. And and these
1: it's the sexualization of children too that's deeply ingrained in our in our um community. Like you were saying, when you hit puberty, they automatically sexualize you. There's certain things Mm -hmm. you can wear and and do because of your body And, and we should really look at how we are raising young boys and young girls to view mm-hmm. like as a kid that should not even the sex portion of the um of the of the organs of the body should not even be a factor they should understand that these things exist but these things shouldn't be a uh, deciding factor on what they wear and it also shouldn't be i don't think it should be stressed as much mm-hmm. the adults are the one who need to grow up I don't know how this. <laughs> I don't know how to really explain it. No, but I get what you're saying. I just I do. feel like you people put the burden and responsibility on children to make sure that someone doesn't um violate them. But as when you have children, you have to teach them
0: positive
1: positive things about first of all, they have to know what these things do and mm-hmm. what happens. They have to know how to speak up for themselves and they have to also know how to not harm others. We don't have those conversations with little boys and little girls no, about don't. what's off limits. A we lot don't. of people rape people and or molest people because no one ever really told them that this was obscure behavior. and They know it's probably wrong but I don't know what the thought process is of a molester or a rapist but right, obviously right. it starts when am a child it starts childhood. somewhere
0: mm-hmm. i do also believe that and i'm glad that we're tapping into the sexualization because that is a form of greenlighting abuse um i mean even when we think of raising our young boys and how i see automatically on instagram with some people that i know that have children they're raising their sons and being like and having them wear things like future heartbreaker and stuff like that so you're you're already instilling toxic behaviors or toxic words or manifestations into mm. into your child
1: exactly and that and it happens the same with little girls yeah um just making the little girls uh dress like women instead of giving yes. them just letting them be little girls like yes there's a difference between a little girl and a woman and we should all know that difference in what a little girl wears and what a woman wears and i feel like it's very cute to dress up your child but it's it's not cool when you um sensationalize and like kind of emphasize their body parts mm-hmm. it's just like girl like having
0: a child wearing daisy dukes
1: like girl do you you don't For deserve what? a child you For don't what? exactly yeah, that's crazy like no one should be it shouldn't be that like it shouldn't be that And the tightness of certain clothes mm-hmm. like I agree. you we know what y'all are doing. Like it's not a and secret. You know <laughs> and you know what you are you know what you doing. And
0: y'all be trying to green light it. Like that's is I think that's the thing that be pissing me off the most. Like so you're trying to sexualize them. No, you're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it. They could easily wear a tooth Like what I, what was I wearing? A tutu and some leggings and a shirt from Limited Too.
1: Yeah, you can. <laughs> and even if they're going to wear shorts, they can wear shorts that aren't like pressing on their bodies. On like, their bodies. It should Tight clothes should never really be on kids in that way anyway. So, like, girl, you know what you're doing. Boy, you know what you're doing with your children. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like there has to be a responsibility put on parents in everything when it comes to family because that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. And and when people pick up your child, like aunts, uncles, cousins, you got to have a very, very strict or I would say structured um um way of them kind of um babysitting mm-hmm. because like i said when we used to go with my uncle he and we did something one person can do something and all of us get a, a beating for it all of us get chastised that's and slavery it's very much slavery and on top of that they would allow it like we would go over there and nobody would question why did why did they get why did all of them get beat? why all of, why are they they getting beat in general? Why mm-hmm. are you lining them up? like my mom was not even active in telling people like when my kids come over, this is how you are supposed to treat them. If you can't do that, then my kids will not be with you. She just dropped this off in anyway. here, yeah. and that's just a, that just is an ode to her parenting, her lack of parenting, and I just mm-hmm. feel like if you if you are a parent, you should be a good parent period because you have the responsibility of a child and if you need help you need to find the help to get yourself uh sufficient enough to have children and to and to care for them but it's not okay to just be a parent that just allows anything to happen when your kids are in the care of other people
0: listen i don't have any children but I know well enough because I do it for people around me. I do it for myself. The important thing that I feel like from you know from what I see with parenting is advocacy. Mm-hmm. You have to advocate for your child. you Absolutely. have to because yes, if you leave them with anybody and there's no boundaries, and people do any people do anything satan it is. Even past sexual, like sexually, somebody right. could just, you know, a babysitter always tell your child they ain't shit every day. Mm-hmm. That can penetrate the mind and destruct them. So, exactly. the important thing is definitely advocacy and being, you don't have to be a perfect parent because you can't control every single thing in the world, but you should definitely try to control as much as you can because. It's a really, really fucked up world. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It really is. Exactly. Like, I've even considered myself, like, I know I want kids, but there's also that that side of me that's like, are you sure this world's so fucked it's up? It's
1: very scary. It's very scary for kids right now. Mm-hmm. It's always been scary for kids, but it's just so much more so much things more. that exist now. So, yeah. What about, like, I feel like there's also abuse in... um like in family relationships where adult um children have grown into adults and mm-hmm. parents are trying to control their child's every like all of their um experience kind of like a controlling type of manipulation um like you know there's parents who live through their children and yeah there's some um parents families that have a specific like name for themselves or a specific way that they are like a certain class or whatever. And that child is, is kind of forced into that lifestyle and anytime they veer off from that lifestyle, them being kind of exiled out of the family. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when it comes to family, because it's such a large group and most people in your family kind of, it's a group think kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, there's nobody who advocates for them at, at all. On. Like once the family just, you know, we see that with um, people who are um, lesbian, gay, bisexual and all on the on that spectrum, people just getting kicked out or people being exiled because they don't operate in the same way that the entire family operates. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that cycle of control and manipulation obviously needs to stop. Yeah. But I do think it starts within the, your immediate family. And yeah, I, I agree. And your immediate family kind of upholding its own values and parents being...
0: Oh, ugly. I'm so sorry, Tate. Sorry. It's
1: okay. Y'all, we got we a lot it, of... A, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay. We got a lot of okay. little hiccups. It's sorry, okay. guys.
0: <laughs> My dad's making... Turkey wings. <laughs> that makes
1: it more <laughs> real. <laughs> but yeah, I just think like yes, you have your family, but you also your immediate family has to be your immediate family. Mm-hmm. It can't be because our family we're known for our shoe business. Now you have to um you have to be a part of the shoe business. Now you have to take the shoe business. Or yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Or I want you to we're all doctors you know you need to start enrolling in med school on what does med school look like for yeah. you right now like I get that um and because it it's a form of that ah. I don't think that my parents wanted me to be well for one my dad definitely instilled in me like you're Dr. Mallory which really? was like yeah you're Dr. Oh, wow. Morrison and it's like I did romanticize that but once I started college I'm like oh, about to be no damn doctor like right I, that is not happening but definitely in the academia part mm-hmm. of my life um you know I get one C I'm in punishment for the whole nine weeks in school right. used to have every nine weeks would be you know a new grading period I mean you're a teacher you knew that I don't know why I explained that <laughs> but I mean guess for the, list, the listeners um but if I get a C on my report card pfft, and people overlook that too people overlook it no tv no cable no internet i don't get to hang out with my friends i just i'm home and it even started to get to a point where let's say i have like a b in the class let's say it's a 89 right Mm -hmm. if i get an f in an assignment i'm on punishment but you gotta be But I have a B in the class. Wow. So I see how like that carried over into my adulthood and how I can sometimes have these like perfection mindsets. I'm definitely getting out of it within the past year. But before COVID, perfection, perfection, Mm -hmm. perfection. And that's very difficult life to live. Even though I didn't know what Mm -hmm. I wanted to do with my life. I just knew that certain areas of my life, I wanted it to be perfect or I'm out. Yeah. And I'm happy that I see the error in that because, I mean, academia is very important, yes, but it's good to give grace. It's like, dang, at least I got a B plus. I almost got an A, you know? But that's how that goes, unfortunately.
1: I really think, and um, to add to your point, it's Mm -hmm. overlooked because ultimately academia is something that's considered positive but so that type of abuse is overlooked because it's you're doing something good but i'm still manipulating you into doing this so i think it's important for us not to overlook that type of um manipulation and control even though it can yield positive and successful results yeah so look at the jackson's exact that's a perfect Mm. example that's a perfect example of that yes michael jackson janet jackson and the jackson five became successful musicians and artists however they they dealt with so much trauma to get there and even still they still in their careers as adults Mm -hmm. are have gone through so much stuff rooting and stemming from that um, Janet Jackson is still alive and she's been through in an abusive relationship and we all know that's probably a direct um, correlation from the abuse she's witnessed in her uh, childhood life so I really think just because the results can yield positive and success successful outcomes that doesn't mean we need to ignore that it is still abuse yeah so what about friends how do you think we like Green light abuse
0: with friend um, friendships. Um, I think the the way that stuck out to my head the most is uh, allowing a lack of accountability and mm-hmm. kind of allowing yourself to be super flexible with a friend that you feel like is very like dominating and controlling. I feel like that's definitely a form. I do. I agree, because
1: it's a lot of time. Like, if especially if you know your friend has a strong personality. I'm one of those friends that have a strong personality. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, I have to ask people. Um, I feel like throughout my life, I've had to ask people to speak up because, like, I don't know if you saw fences, but the lady in fences Mm-mm. was saying, um, was Viola Davis's part. She was telling her husband you take up so much space in a room and I feel like there's no more space for me. And, you know, yeah, he was abusive, but I feel like in the in sense related to me, that. yeah, it's, it's really good. In the sense related to me, I feel like my presence, I do take up a lot of um, space and energy in a room, just being my natural self and not being abusive, but to someone who is not naturally as um, I guess um, outgoing in that sense, they can be they can feel like they're being minimized or they're they don't have the space in the room to to be themselves however that is so i have have to always tell kind of tell my friends like let me know like let me know if i'm Mm -hmm. doing let me know let me know because sometimes when you're so used to doing something you don't know that you're doing it and of course i don't intentionally like um uh overcrowd the space of a room and I'm talking I'm not talking about literal space y'all you know figure but mm-hmm. um it can possibly feel that way for someone who has a different personality so I get that with um with the friendships part what you were saying cuz I, I think it.
0: also allowing people to like you know if there's a friend that's very toxic in the way that they interact or the way they want certain things done Mm -hmm. and allow and just kind of having that mentality of like well that you know that's them that's Kim or that's Tina or whoever that is Mm -hmm. I feel like that is a form of green lighting abuse because sometimes yes taking up the taking up you know amount of space of a large space in the room I definitely understand that but what about that friend who doesn't really care to see the error in their ways. Right. And they are, they have a user mentality or they have a mentality where, you know, take care of me and I'll give you little phony leftovers. Yeah. Or, you know, just that type of friend, which I've had more than one of those. And I know what it's like to feel like, I've, and this in more than one occurrence in my life because I really feel like I I really try to do as much as I can for my friends as possible, but I have to be very careful on who I do that for and how I do it for people because people do get a little too comfortable and they automatically assume that that's the way things need to be because you're that type of person and they're that type of person. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really big is having that conversation and just saying like, just setting, you know, some some real thorough boundaries mm-hmm. because it can be a form of an abuse if you're constantly giving, 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 and this person is taking, 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 absolutely. and you just stamp it as like, well, that's how they are. They've always been this way. We've been friends for X amount of years. I just go with the flow. That is greenlighting abuse, whether we want all want to admit it or mm-hmm. not. That definitely is
1: absolutely. And going into like, if you are having a trying to have that conversation with that friend i feel like a lot of people do this they immediately when you're trying to talk to them about something they automatically think you're trying to cause problems to start an argument so it kind of forces the conversation not to even happen Mm. and either you still be friends with the person or you just got to eat it and I just feel like that right there, I, I've experienced that with guys, but I've experienced it with friends, too. Anytime you try to talk about certain things, they'll think, oh, well, you, you just want to cause a problem. You just want to be problematic. Yes. You just want to keep stuff going. Oh, my this. God. Like, no, yes. It's, it's, I've it's not been there. <laughs> like, we need to talk about this. But they automatically assume because of maybe... A situation that happened in the past maybe y'all had a situation in it stuff blew up so now every situation where y'all have to talk is gonna be like that i hate people i can't that. stand that shit
0: <laughs> i had a similar situation like that with a former friend where i'm you know me say like i'm someone if i feel something i have to say it right we gonna have a conversation about it it could be a week from now it could be whenever a conversation needs to be had and in the conversation, I'm expressing myself and this former friend was like, okay, well, I'm sorry, okay, all right. Well, I'm sorry. Oh no. That is rude as shit.
1: And trying to silence you. Like, girl, don't do that.
0: Because then that we is- can make it something else. <laughs> <laughs> all that but all that told me is this is not this is not your friend. Yeah. Because being heard is super important in any relationship that you have. Mm-hmm. And if you're not heard, and it's one thing to be heard, but if you're not even respected, it's like I'm in the middle of saying something. It's like, all right, I'm sorry. Well, if that's how you feel, I'm sorry. All right, I'm sorry. Won't happen again. Won't happen again. Well, I'm explaining myself. Right. I'm not dealing with that.
1: And how do people feel comfortable enough to talk to people like that? That's like, <laughs> if it's people really walking around in the world, like being okay with being that level of rude. Yeah, I just couldn't even imagine like I'm like, that's my friend. And I'm talking to them like that when they trying to tell me how they feel like
0: it's some obtuse. (laughs) But, you know, I hate I hate to be that person, but I have to say it. Certain people really do choose to operate on a low level Mm -hmm. frequency. Absolutely. And you have to be if you're emotionally mature, you have to have. You have to be cognizant of that because not every not every person hears you to listen and understand and then respond. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to dominate the conversation. They want to dominate the friendship. They want they have a codependency that's one sided. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of things. It's a lot of factors that you have to consider when interacting with other people.
1: Oh, yes. Gosh, Mm, you said that. That moves straight into relationships. Like, mm. there are a lot of ways that we greenlight abuse in our relationships. On both ends. In all kinds of relationships, right? Yes. Um, girl, I want you to talk. Because, honestly, like, all <laughs> my relationship stuff feels so old. Oh, <laughs> well, I feel like it's
0: old for me, too. But I'm going a, I'm to a vocalize today. I'm going to say it because... <laughs> Is so important. I think when we talk about um, romantic greenlighting abuse in relationships, we automatically go to the domestic, physical domestic violence. And even though that is very, very important, there are other realms of greenlighting abuse that we greenlight and we low-key don't even talk about or mention until you're no longer with that person. Mm -hmm. Good examples, or a good example, rather, is this. Um, someone who just feels like when you're with somebody and there's a constant verbal, like, dislike attitude that they have with you. For an example, I was in a relationship, mind y'all, I was 23, like, but I was in a relationship with someone where I was doing a lot for them buying food, you know, just being that young girl just doing something mm-hmm. for someone that you're in a relationship with and it would be little nitpick shit like why you eat like that? I hate the oh, way you eat. Girl. And I am a highly sensitive person as we've said. Oh my god. So automatically I I teared up because it's like and then I caught myself trying to eat differently and oh I'm my god, god girl I what are relate. you doing like and like now I'm just like yo what are you doing and then he was just like you know what I'm I'm so disgusted I'm about to eat in the other room and left me in a oh room my by god. myself to eat and that is so that is an example of a form of abuse that's very it could be very minuscule to some and yes there are I'm sure someone's gonna listen is like, that couldn't be me, that couldn't be me. But it's like when you're in that situation and you're young on top of that, right? It, it it hit different. Yeah. It hits a lot, a lot different.
1: Girl, that was like the that is the type of abuse that I've experienced. Like at a magnet on a on a magnified level. So like when you were saying, I was like gasping, because like mm. oh God, they used to say stuff like. Why you spread the peanut butter on the um bread like that? Like why you do it like that? Why you wiping the counters like that?
0: Mm, oh my I don't, god! I don't like when
1: you, you shouldn't frown like that because um you Ugh. shouldn't make that face because it don't look good. Like oh when you Wait, I don't man. like when you when you smile that big like it don't look good like why are you walking like that
0: girl oh my god people don't
1: even know the have like to, for me to be this bitch that I am today it's a lot of stuff you have to really like kind of um uh, purge out of you but I mm-hmm. experienced that type of verbal wow. abuse where they're really trying to bring you down because they feel so horrible about themselves yeah And in the situation that I was in that's what that was and it was just like, like you said, the nitpicking—that's abusive. Mm, like, that is abusive. You can come out of that, or you can be in it, feeling less. I was feeling like I really wasn't pretty, like I wasn't worthy. Yes. And like, um, I wasn't I was as intelligent. Beautiful. Okay, like that's it. So <laughs>
0: that's like, the that's the part that be really fucking me up. I can't
1: lie. With women, do it to men, and men do it to women. I've seen women like. Oh, don't get with a uh, it's a lot of times where there's a woman with a super super strong personality mm-hmm. and she has a man that is not as vocal and she will just walk walk over, over, him, over him and demean him. And you know, mm. we all know there's a difference between a man and a woman. So a man a man to to like really demean a man, that's what I feel like is emasculated. and it's a lot Huge of women that do that. Um and I just feel like if you're that nasty inside to not even, to not even like uh, filter mm-hmm. your mouth or why would you even think those things? You shouldn't be in a relationship with people. You, you should not. Because th- for people to say vile stuff, like it, it got to the point where I, in the relationship that I was in, I began mm-hmm. to Adopt that same personality because it's like a survival tactic. Like, it is survival. if you're gonna get on me, I'm gonna have to get on you. Yeah, you wanna you wanna uh, manipulate situations to make me mad. I'm gonna manipulate situations to make you mad, and yeah. then it becomes toxic because you either take it or you dish it
0: back and I was oh like oh gosh. bitch I'm
1: not gonna take that I'm gonna dish it back as long as we gonna be together but yeah. you, you're you toxic and now you have ways that you need to purge that you
0: have to undo exactly I know that is very I'm so happy that you said that because you do become the abuser like and, a, and even to this day like there's things about me where I'm like alright you tripping like you don't even yeah. need to get to this point but I mean, I, I it's been years of me just going through a whole bunch of just different wild stuff. Like right. and it can be very, very difficult. It could be very difficult to be in a very positive relationship. Um, because you feel like there has to be that negative spark there in order for a relationship. A romantic relationship with your person to exist Mm. but that's not true like that's not true at all as long as you have air in your lungs and as long as you're living you have the opportunity to turn your whole life around Mm -hmm. you don't have to be anything close to what you experienced at 23 what you've experienced at 19 what you experienced in 20 because the problem is we're now creating a world of heartless people right heartless is breathing heartless is breathing we see it all on social yes we see it all on social it's disgusting
1: how people talk to each to people online like people will literally wish you death people will talk they will nitpick about every little thing about you and I'm sure those people do that those same things in their relationships I'm Mm -hmm. sure if they have them in any kind of relationships they're in and nitpicking
0: nitpicking is it's something that we all do but to sit here and vocalize it in that way like why you eating like that that could really break a person i think that that comes from childhood
1: too obviously like i feel like because when when parents do that to kids they do that to other people Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. there's used i used to teach certain kids and all they would do is pick 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 Um, on other kids and you will end up meeting the parent and then you'll see how the parent interacts with the child how they're terrified and you realize oh they're just becoming the abuser because they're being abused Mm -hmm. it's this it's that cycle and i think like it's important for because we can't control what type of parents people are going to have but it's important for um you as a person just you alone being a better example like if you want to change anything, you have to really start with yourself. It may sound cliche, mm-hmm. but watch how you talk to people. It's that simple. You can start there. Watch how you talk to people. <laughs> like Because I know that that person that I was with had to have experienced that same stuff that they was doing to me mm-hmm. with their parents or in, or in their childhood.
0: they were taught because a lot of these quote-unquote like OGs and old heads at these younger gentlemen look up to they just breed in toxic traits right no one's really telling them the the right way to do and it's the same thing on the on the you know the woman's side like no one's really telling like giving giving positive guidance it's not enough positive guidance happening with either side and all it does is breed just constant defensive attitudes i'm I mean I know some people where it's like they admit that it's it's hard for them to be on a date. Like it something so simple that can be enjoyable and fun sometimes is so hard to do that because everyone defenses are up 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 right up, Ooh, up. I, would hate I can to live like that. I can definitely relate to that in a part of my life because but you have to you have to really like get to the origin of yourself and not the things that were done to you and you'll have a much better time with life. I guarantee right, that right, right. <laughs> I guarantee that. Because when you only do the things that you've seen your mom do or your dad do or you know like in all of my family members unlike my immediate side, like on my like I only know my dad's side like that, but my mom's side, like they everyone's divorced. Every every everyone is divorced <laughs> you know mm. what i'm saying everyone is kind of on their own and they just kind of like some. i don't know yeah I, I feel like immediate side it it's a testament to why everybody is kind of where they are in a mental headspace and a lot of trauma is is a part of it so you just have to be bold enough to break the mold right you just really do Another form of romantic um, abuse that's greenlighted that I really wanted to put emphasis on is the excitement of using or treating good people bad, especially when it comes to the financial realm. Oh, we hear God, in a lot right of up. lyrics. We hear a lot of lyrics with men saying that they digging in purses. We hear, oh lie. my god, a what
1: a disgrace. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry, that is so ghetto. Like, wow. Um, and then we have <laughs> the women's side where it's just like, he's gonna give me all of this, I'm not giving him that. So it's just that is a huge form of, of abuse when you abuse somebody's pockets.
1: That's just annoying, like, because I feel like. On top of that, I feel like when people don't operate operate like that, they look at them pe- those people as sin Like, you crazy! And I'm like, I'm not a simp for being a good person. <laughs> like, you a simp for thinking you doing something <laughs> and you really not. Like, <laughs> I feel like when you go after, for, um, from a woman's standpoint, when you go after men just for money, you're greenlighting abuse because you're mm-hmm. an object and you're objectifying them you're automatically Mm -hmm. uh, um, agreeing to any type type of treatment that they feel they can treat you because you're just somebody more than likely if a guy just, it's just, um, I guess, transactional, Mm -hmm. you're going to be a trophy kind of girl. You're going to be the girl that he just uses for a look you're probably mm-hmm. gonna be cheated on. It, I mean, you can be cheated on in, uh, in other situations, but more than likely in we this talk type about of this transaction,
0: particular mm-hmm. in this
1: type of transaction, you're right. opening yourself up and you're agreeing to that type of abuse, abuse because you're starting out with abuse and manipulation. Yes, like, and it's on the same way with men, like immediately expecting sex and servitude. Like, if you want all of that, then obviously you're going to be. You're someone is gonna have to be on the receiving end of something from you as well. So Why I y'all digging
0: in like, bitches' purses? That's so ghetto. That is like, crazy. And you I know don't what? Get it. <laughs> and okay, so I listened to Davies. I I, I who really said like that music? Um. Oh my god, who said it? Rest in peace. It was Pop Smoke. It was Pop Smoke. I think it was Pop Smoke that Girl. said that And that song. I forgot what song it was. I don't wait. What's it about? I don't. Know. Well, he I said- feel like it was oh, I feel okay. like it was him that said that, oh but um, it gets
1: musty energy. it
0: gets really gross. it gets <laughs> really gross out here. I think like did you say Davey? Oh, oh when Dave E. and mind you, I had a big crush on Dave on my own, and I still think he's cute, but yeah. I'm, I don't want him in that way, no more <laughs> when he admitted that oh that Wait, what happened?
1: I said, well, I know what you're gonna say. Oh, you already
0: know what I'm about to say. Cause <laughs> wow, sir. He admitted that he used to like couch hop. Oh my god. With different women at different women's houses because he knew that he was fine. That is nuts to me. It's so So nasty. you didn't have a home? <laughs>
1: You didn't have a home. He probably was just dropping off dick. That's all he was doing. Oh
0: my god. Melling like
1: corn chips. With and the it's that's and crazy boots. is
0: like <laughs> <laughs> The thing is crazy is that you will really you it never really happens. This is the thing that pisses me off. Is it, it never really happens to somebody that is not a good person. It's like people will do this to people who are good. Yeah. Like I want, I'm not saying good as as, as if you're a per uh, um, an angel or you're so pure or whatever, but the whole mindset of like a lot of times it's a woman or a man who would do anything for this person, mm-hmm. like they just they really love them, they really care about them, but y'all treat them like scrubs. But the scrub y'all uplift. It's a scrub. It's y'all backwards. like the child. <laughs> it's backwards. Like the they really are
1: backwards and. I feel like, you know, like artists like Trina, I feel like mm. I love her music. I love what she mm-hmm. represents, but I feel like the girls are doing it all wrong.
0: <laughs> the right. girls are doing it all I
1: don't, wrong. I don't think this is what Trina meant. You know, I feel like one thing about Trina is she pre- she preached self-sufficiency as well. Like, mm-hmm. she's preached independence. And I don't feel like you right. can be... the. I don't, honestly. A lot of people are like, well, what you... I have to bring something to the table. Well, I am the table. Not all the time. Not all the time, baby. Because <laughs> if you're bringing in uh, an um, immature mindset, you pussy. don't have okay, pussy, you don't have a forward-thinking attitude, there's nothing positive about you, then you're definitely not a ta- the table. <laughs> you're not the table, baby. sis. You're the scraps under there. That That's what you are because... You can't. Every woman is not the table. Every single woman is not bringing. Mm-hmm. You don't have to bring money, but you do have to bring some type of qualities that something. are that are good. Like mm-hmm. you have to bring something. And yes, you can be a woman and be worthy, but every woman is not worthy. And I don't care. Just they because, just because you're a woman, that doesn't make you worthy. Just because you got just pussy, that I doesn't do. mean that you deserve to be treated like everything. And you're not. You're not treating somebody in a, in a no. positive way. So I feel like you have to bring, you have to be a good person. That's how Mm -hmm. I feel. And at the bottom of the line, you have to be a good person. And that's the basics. uh, Yeah. And if if a good person doesn't want to just use somebody and take somebody from the, um, for just for their money. So
0: I just, you know, what my homeboy told me, and this is something I noticed when I was on social media. I don't see it a lot on my, in my little Tumblr world. But when I get back on social media, I know I'm going to see it again. So, you know, people are, you know, back outside. And even when people weren't back outside, people were really util- utilizing those dating apps a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's like these women are like these girls are like actively asking these dudes who they don't know for money.
1: I wish I would. That's so. That so never, much bro I can't relate to that. I'm never doing that. I'm never doing that. Even the city girls that say don't do that. (laughs) Like, even when they talk about it, they not doing what they say do number one. So if you following behind certain people and you don't even know the game, then that, then you really like got Mm -hmm. yourself fucked up because Mm -hmm. there's a way to get what you want without being a bitch and without just holding your hand out. There's Mm -hmm. a way to get what you want and that's called being a woman and using your feminine, femininity, for what you want but it don't it don't require you to do to be that certain type of way and just immediately asking that gives poor
0: like i'm sorry that gives poor <laughs> that also gets very vulnerable because if we want to really get into it there oh, is an yeah. influx of i know on my tumblr there's an influx of um pages that i feel like are portraying themselves as right white rich men And they go into my DMs asking, do I want to be their sugar baby and the amounts and all of that. Be very careful what you entertain because a lot of this stuff in my intuition, this is how I feel. I have not read any articles on it or anything, but my intuition tells me that these um, a lot of these pages that are openly asking you for sugar baby and advances and all that. I feel like it's human sex trafficking Exactly. exactly. I personally feel that way I, don't I have do any not way trust to rich it.
1: white men when <laughs> should you ever trust a rich, rich white man
0: and I'm sorry no is like men are not just running to give money to someone they don't no, know because
1: they're stingy that, that you should know that about men especially those type of men they're stingy they're just not giving you your money just because you have a pussy like yeah. girl so I just think these people need to, um the handout thing. I, I, I remember asking for something one time, and mm-hmm. I, the, the answer I got was like, and mind you, it didn't, wasn't straight off the rip, like, talking to somebody. This was somebody I was talking to for a little minute. And I asked for something, and the way they responded, like, I'll never ask for nothing <laughs> again. Like, I feel like when you with somebody, they know what you need, you've already said what you need, and they're going to provide. Period. They're Period. They're going to provide... You yeah. don't have to do a lot of asking when you're with a man. You
0: yeah. don't. A lot of times you don't have to ask. And if it you need happened. something and you
1: ask, they will provide mm-hmm. it for you. It won't be a big deal. But a man is not an ATM. And I do feel like it sucks for some men. My friend was talking about, uh, one of my friends was saying, you know, how girls approach guys based on their cars and stuff like mm-hmm. that. They mm-hmm. give you the type of day, but then they see you rolling up in a, in a night or mm. something. Then it's like, ooh. Oh, mm-hmm. now they got all the conversation for you. And that's just whack, in my opinion. That is whack.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Child abuse. <laughs> great. That was a great conversation. It really
1: was. Let us know, y'all, what other types of abuse in these types of relationships that we green light. Yes. Yeah. So on to our five to nine segment, we've been really highlighting a lot of amazing entrepreneurs mm-hmm. um, this season. And this episode is also going to do that as well. So our five to nine spotlight for the week is Deja Evans. For some reason, like teachers have been, I've really been like just teachers, honestly, but we're going to highlight other people too. But a lot of teachers have been really grinding and hustling. So um, Deja Evans is a teacher, you know, by her career, but she also owns a shade company called The Shade Bar. And they sell a lot of high-end inspirational shades, lots of colors, lots of different styles um, for any occasion. And I, I really love the company. I really thank you all. If you want shades, they're, they're affordable, um, the price point is really good if you want some nice statement shades or Ooh. if you want some classic type of shades, you can go to the shade bar official. I'm going to link all of the information on our description box to get to her Instagram, to her website, um, so all of her social so that you can purchase. And make sure you look at our 5 to 9 spotlight on our page so that you can see the um, types of shades that she does provide. And, you know, support her business, shop her business. Thank you so much, Daisy, for, for being it. a part of our 5 to 9 spotlight.
0: Yes. So we're moving on to the Muse segment. Um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to, what I'm doing rather, is a Juneteenth uh, cookout playlist. Yes. I Why love not? That. Let's do it. Like, I love it. I just feel like it's summertime. Clearly. Clearly, the country is back outside from what the little I do see. I'm not, you know, back on my personal Instagram page yet. But from what I'm the little that I do see, it appears from what I'm seeing, a lot of the um, mask mandates are lifting. Mm -hmm. People are going out. So a good black cookout. Playlist. Is something your uncle will play while he wearing his sandals and he grilling the hot dogs and the hot wings. Yeah, <laughs> I can't to listen
1: to that. I've been listening to a lot of upbeat music because it's summertime, so I can't wait.
0: Yes, like, especially
1: when you're getting ready to go to this function or whatever. Perfect. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, it's about to happen again. Hold up. <sighs> Sorry, y'all. All right. All right. <laughs> so. <laughs> Our poll for
1: this week we're um, going to, of course, if you're new to us, we give you guys three topics and we post a poll on our Instagram and Twitter yes. and you will pick what topic that you want to hear us talk about in the next um, episode. So this week we have three topics. The first is gatekeeping black culture. The second mm. one is colorism exhaustion. And the third one is trauma olympics now all of these topics are equally amazing but we want to see what you guys think and what you want to hear so make sure you check out our poll it should be up this it's usually on our on friday it Mm -hmm. goes off on saturday this upcoming friday and then make sure you vote by saturday you can vote on our instagram or our twitter and um let us know what you want to hear next
0: yes i feel like these topics they're getting deeper and deeper and mm-hmm. deeper, and I really do appreciate the feedback that we've had up until this point of people just taking time to vote, take your time commenting under the what would a boheme do segment um the love is beautiful, yes,
1: <laughs> but we also need y'all to do one more thing
0: mm-hmm. um in
1: addition to like um liking our posts um commenting, please share, please share yes. our um our uh posts on not our post but our podcast mm-hmm. on your um socials that really helps us to reach more people that also want to hear the type of stuff that you want to hear. So if you can make sure you share once you listen go ahead and share it go ahead and like it comment and you know engage do all the little engagement things
0: for yes, us
1: please so that do. we can get more listeners to hear the goodness that is the Supreme Bohemes. And
0: subscribe
1: yes subscribe thank you all for listening to this episode we really appreciate you all and we'll talk to you soon bye peace